Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And so it's not easy. It was never easy. (laughs) It's still not easy. But I'm working it out to, to... continue to build that platform I believe anybody now like it's hard it's going to be case by case I can't say that there's one structure one formula one way of going about it in order to build that platform or build your position or find that line of work or live your life as an artist but there are ways and research boy and your network and who you know and getting yourself out there and the more you create the more you produce the more consistent you are there's no doubt about it consistency always beats talent I gotta say And I've really been learning that now more than ever, especially working with so many artists. The more consistent you are, the more you put yourself out there, the more you keep building, the more you keep creating, the more you keep sharing, you're going to get the recognition. How you dare, how you dare. That was Jasmine Castillo. Now, Jasmine is an interesting lady. She is a curator. She's a producer. She's an art enthusiast. She loves comics. She loves politics. She loves diversity and inclusion. And you find in our wide ranging conversation that we talk a lot about her humble beginnings, how she used her background as a New Yorker and a New Yorican to become the resourceful person that she is. And we dive into what Puerto Rico means to her. And uh, we also end the interview talking about interesting opinions on Captain Marvel. Who knew that she felt so strongly about Captain Marvel? It's, It's really interesting. I hope you enjoy it, especially if you are creative and you're looking to figure out how to launch platforms to tell your stories i think you'd be very inspired by her story and you should definitely check out her company escape artist we'll put all that in the show notes enjoy the episode welcome everybody to another episode of as told by nomads and today's episode is with jasmine castillo now she is an interesting lady she has many many skills so she's a master of many and she is not just one that's like a jack of all trades or jill of all trades and master of none so (laughs) So she's a live event producer as well as a curator, and she was self-taught. She trained herself in this field, and she's done on, gone on to do a lot of interesting things in the field and met a lot of interesting people across different cultures. We're going to be diving into her start and what she's learned and why this field is one that she wants to stay into. Welcome to the show, Jasmine. Thank you for having me, Mr. Tayo. Hola. Hola <laughs> <laughs> estas? Bien, bien. Estoy bien. So the pleasure is mine. And you're originally from New York. Is that correct? Yes. Born and raised in New York. Um, for, for many years, I always responded American born, Puerto Rican raised because I've been going to Puerto Rico all my life <laughs> since I was a baby, uh, three months out the year. So American, I Puerto feel like, yeah, American born, Puerto Rican raised, especially oh. I'm a New Yorkian, like truly a New Yorkian, <laughs> so, Spanglish and all that. 
for a lot of the people listening, they probably don't know the relationship with Puerto Rico and the United States. Can you explain it? It's, it's not a state, right? So it, what, what, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> so I won't go into the full nitty gritty because it gets, it's a very complicated relationship. But what I will give the gist of is that Puerto Rico hasn't been its own country, even though it is its own country, just has been under, under another jurisdiction since 1486 since Columbus and his crew stepped foot on that island and claimed it for Spain. And then the United States took it over, I believe in 1895, but it was the late 1800s. Um, and then there was a constitution that was created between the United States and Puerto Rico in 1952. And it's just Puerto Rico all these years just has been governed by just another jurisdiction. Puerto Rico hasn't had its own since the time of the Tainos, the indigenous people that lived there on the islands. So. It's a love-hate relationship I have with the situation because even though the United States has provided some support as it should, <laughs> because it is a territory <laughs> of the United States, but um, there's a lot more. I, I, I don't like to use the word hate. So I'm going to say there's a real strong dislike of the, the relationship of it being a commonwealth and yeah. being this territory. It's modern-day colonialism at its finest, and that's what disturbs me the most. Right. Because it's like Puerto Rico is in a limbo. It's not the best of both worlds. Like a lot of people assume because they're like, oh, well, Puerto Rico gets the support. But there's a lot of extraction, a lot of control, a lot of issues that Puerto Rico has been under the gun for for years. From medical testing to the bond scandal that occurred in the, the past recent years, um, where that's the reason why Puerto Rico's in debt right now to billions of dollars in the United States. Um, there's just there's so much. It's such a heavy, heavy load. And it really when, when you it, it's home when you're connected to, you know, that, that type of like, when you have that relationship, it's just like, oh, it's like, I love my island. I want to see it flourish. What can I do? Especially right. that I don't live there. It, it, it's been, it's been like, it's torture for me because I love it. You go to Puerto Rico, you fall in love. Everybody falls in love when they're in Puerto Rico. It's such a beautiful island with beautiful people and people's spirits, no matter what, like my cousins, but most of them did not have their electricity. So right. almost a year later after Hurricane Maria, and they still, when I went over there in January of 2018, they were cooking in the backyard with the fongong, like they had, which is, a, a, you know, it's a brick oven made stone. And it was just beautiful. It was just like, oh, this is like, this is my family. They're resilient. No matter what, they yeah. make it happen. That's so fascinating. I can hear the passion in your voice. And and for those, when you say modern day colonialism, I definitely can see you. Right, because you mm-hmm. They can't vote, right? You know, you don't have nope. a say in the presidential elections as well. Not at all. Yeah, there's no, there's one House of Rep in Congress for Puerto Rico. And mm-hmm. they, it's really, it, I just feel like it's just a say that there's somebody that's representing yeah. the island in our Congress. Because, right. you know, Puerto Rico has its own governor who, you know, operates similar to like, they have a similar structure, similar to here of a democracy with the branches and, and whatnot. But it's not, it's just not, yeah, it doesn't, it's just weird. It's a very weird relationship. It feels like a mistress, if gotcha, you ask me. Gotcha. Wow. And and you, obviously, you have the two flavors, and you make sure you go back for three months a year, mm-hmm. just so you, you keep that. Um, would you say when you were younger, you saw yourself going down this line of educating people in cultural events through art? Well, it's interesting. I didn't even realize that I was doing it. But I, I have been, and um, I've been, my platform, Escape Artists Collective, like that's, 
been the push and the drive behind it. It's been to give a voice to those that don't feel like they have it. I didn't feel like I had a voice growing up. And I, I it just, I felt like I was always being told, Shh, you, we, we don't talk about that or sure, you know, like, don't, you don't want to offend people or, Shh, you know, like it was, I just feel like I was always being shushed. <laughs> so I wanted right. to give myself and my peers and my family and my community and essentially the world, because I want to take this global. I want to give a voice to those that feel underrepresented, that feel suppressed. And the majority of collective, I don't ever, like everybody's inclusive. Like you, I don't care if you're Irish born, you know, you could be from, you know, Antarctica. I don't care. <laughs> but in the end of the day, it's like, even though we're inclusive and we want to platform everybody, we are showcasing the stories of those that, that they don't, they, 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 they've struggled with their circumstances, their, whether they grew up in the inner city or they grew up on the island of Puerto Rico with lack of resources. And, you know, they had to figure out how to be creative or how to make a living. And like, it, it just, there's all these stories out there that I, I want to share, to inspire, to open up the conversation, wow. to educate. Yeah. And that's fascinating for me because it's a similar reason why I started the podcast because I didn't see enough of my voices. And so I mm-hmm. thought maybe I'll just create a platform and bring on people that I felt like could tell stories of the world as is. But, you know, a lot of times I also get emails from people who are interested in the creative field. They always say there is no money in the field for them. And so it's hard for them to make money and express themselves. And so they feel like they have to, quote unquote, um, sell out. Yeah, that, those are the words, not mine. What would you say to that? I believe now more than ever that if you, whatever line of work you want to get into, you can get it. You can get into it. There, like now is the digital age, this revolution that we've been going through and experiencing exponential growth, it's allowed for people. It's really opened up the playing field. Granted, it's very saturated now, but you can still carve even your own path because if you don't see an opportunity opening up, you can actually create one. And that's what I did with escape artists myself. I wasn't being hired as a curator because I didn't have my master's degree. Why I don't have my master's degree? It's because I didn't, I didn't want to take on another loan. I didn't want to take on this huge load of debt. And I'm like, I'm, I'm just, I just got out of college. Do I really want to take on like another $256,000? <laughs> no, <laughs> like that was not, like, I, I, I don't want to be part of the rat race. So how do I create something different? And that's where I was like, okay, if these museums aren't going to hire me because I don't have a master's degree and I'll just tell them I'll, I'll do my own events. And I combine all my years of experience between club promotions and marketing and video production and media content building and live events. And I essentially fused it all together and create escape artists. And then as the storyteller, that's, that's where the storytelling came in, where Uh I wanted to get the voices. And so it's not easy. It was never easy. (laughs) It's still not easy, but I'm working it out to, to, continue to build that platform. I believe anybody now, like it's hard. It's going to be case by case. I can't say that there's one structure, one formula, one way of going about it in order to build that platform or build your position or find that line of work or live your life as an artist. But there are ways and research boy and your network and who you know and getting yourself out there. And the more you create, the more you produce, the more consistent you are. There's no doubt about it. Consistency always beats talent. I got to say. And I've really been learning that now more than ever, especially working with so many artists. The more consistent you are, the more you put yourself out there, the more you keep building, the more you keep creating, the more you keep sharing, you're going to get the recognition. Wow. 
Wow. Now, escape artists, for those uh, curious about it, it's, it's in the, you know, you create experiences and you work with museums. Is that correct? Or So I don't work with museums. I do work with unconventional spaces. And I'm not against working with museums. That's actually one of my my shorter long-term goals. <laughs> I do want <laughs> to collaborate with like El Museo de Barrio and the Museum of Natural History. Like I have plans, actually, and thoughts and, and themes curated for those type of experiences in a museum. But um, specifically, we created, and once again, like I said, I created Escape Artist because I wanted to create that voice, that platform, that opportunity I didn't see for myself. So um, we look for spaces that were considered unconventional, like working with brownstones, um, working at the basement of a church, working at the back of house of a lounge. <laughs> it's like we worked in very unconventional spaces. And then we ended up getting into um, El Barrio's art space, PS109, on East 99th Street between 2nd and 3rd in Manhattan. And that's just been home base for us since 2016. So once we got in there, pretty much almost all of our events since have taken place there. And that's an artist residence that has gallery space on the first two lower levels, but it's not like your conventional gallery, but it is a gallery, if that answers your question. <laughs> no, it does, it does, it does. It's a gallery. And, and uh, what have you learned the most about yourself and the world, the art world, as you've started this business? Well, I know that as a kid, I always felt shunned by galleries and I always felt that we weren't welcome. My mom would walk in and you know, we're we're you know, we're a Latino family and forget about it. When I would walk anywhere with my dad, it was just like my dad's always super chill and sneakers and jeans and um my dad, he's you could tell he's from the South Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> super educated, very educated. My dad is a literate like genius, I swear. You have to like read his books. He's an amazing um person. He's also an author. So um, my dad walked with him being Afro-Latino and it's just walking to galleries. We always felt awkward. And that's how the filter and that's how I started viewing life through growing up. I felt awkward about gallery settings. Museums, no. Museums felt more for the public, but galleries. And so that's why also when it came to escape bars, I was like, all right, I'm going to work my way into the galleries, <laughs> but I'm going to start create, crafting and, you know, I mean, and carving my own path some way, somehow into creating these exhibits, working with spaces that where I, I have access to. And so I, I wanted to create a, a space that was open for everybody. That's why it's inclusive. It's like man, woman, like mother, child, uh, you know, all colors and races. I don't care. It's in the end of the day, I wanted everybody to come through. Yeah, no, I'm I'm just so fascinated with this world. So I always ask all these questions because I, I, <laughs> no, I, I remember no. as a kid when we looked at art and we looked at history and we looked at uh, cultural, um, you know, elements. And especially when I was growing up because we moved around so much, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't see myself in a lot of the stories. So it's mm. interesting. Yeah, yes. It's just, yeah, and I think you're in an interesting place where you're you're saying you're a storyteller as well. I, I'm always curious how people decide what art to show and what to curate or even how to be a curator. All those things are fascinating to me. So, mm -hmm. Very good points because that's what inspired me to basically put other stories out there that I wasn't seeing, that I couldn't, because a lot of the art, the, the industry is still predominantly white male. And I think statistically it's 87%. That's a lot. That's in the galleries and the museums and 
So there's still a lot of, and I'm, there's nothing wrong with it. Hey, with, you know, men getting their shine, white men getting their shine <laughs> in the galleries, but it says something. There's a lack of representation. There's a lack of empathy. There's a lack of storytelling from other cultural perspectives, from other experiences. So I wanted to make sure I provide that. And the more that I got into escape artists, like with the first event, it was very, it was, it was very focused on, you know, just contemporary art. And then I started molding and started, I've realized, wow, the power of storytelling is really strong. And I started hearing all my, my friends and all my, my circle of artist people tell me these amazing stories. And I'm like, wow, this needs to go up. Like we need to talk about this. And that's how, even with, um, the, the current presidency with the current administration, when it was inaugural week of 2017, I wanted to make sure that I gave a voice to every single person, whether they voted for Hillary, they voted for Jill Stein, or they, they were more of a Bernie, or, or, they, or they did vote for Trump. I want us to come together and talk about it and how it's affecting our community, especially our inner cities. So it's, it's just, it's really been the stories that aren't being talked about, like the topics that aren't being exposed. That's really what I want to get into more and more, yeah. even down to the most recent event that we did, the 16 Days of Activism. When the mayor's office of um, NGBV reached out to me, and that's the department that oversees domestic violence, they were looking at it more from a man and woman perspective. I'm like, well, I know transgenders that are going through the issue of abuse and not necessarily with their spouse, but with family, with their community. And we just started exploring like what, you know, like the, the, the impact of abuse and all the stories that, and the topics that aren't being discussed. And to me, it was just, it's more, it's important for all of us to get our stories out there, especially the ones that haven't been said or that aren't really discussed. Those are the ones, those are the voices we need to start listening to. Yeah, no, I love it. Because you really are, you have a pulse of the culture and then you use your, your, uh, your gallery to, to, to tell even more of these stories. And then you're, you're like a translator. In, oh, I like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 always, I always call myself the cultural translator. So I, I, think, you, I think you do very much the same thing. The, the idea of being a curator, what yes. exactly is that? And how do you become a good one? It's interesting because I wasn't planning to become a curator when I was a child. Um, <laughs> I always loved art. And um, my parents are creators themselves. And what I mean by um, creators is that they had side hustles. That's how I learned my my side hustle, my entrepreneur route. My, my parents would actually make sculptures out of glass and seashells and they would sell it on the side and make little home furnishings. My parents, they're dope. And <laughs> that's how I got exposed to art. And that's how I got exposed to the hustle. And that's how I got exposed to building and crafting your own way. So it's not something as a child, I didn't think I could be. I had no idea what a curator was. I just knew, well, I kind of had a little idea. It was someone in the museum that put together this exhibit. <laughs> but to me, the older I got and the more involved I started getting into the arts and the more that I became the storyteller, I was like, wow, the power of curation. Like, I'm in charge of delivering these messages and I'm in charge of getting people's, like, their stories out there and giving them an audience. And it just, it felt like a huge responsibility that I was excited about. So the, the idea of curation as a child, I never thought was actually possible. I wanted to be a producer. I knew that. A film producer, a media producer, like I knew I was going to. 
the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Anabotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I said it as a child. I said it at the age of 10. That's the route I'm going to go. Either that or law. And law is not going to be that far away. Because, you know, I decided in my life I'm going to go into politics again. But it was either politics <laughs> or the arts. And at this point in time, I realized I've combined both, being a curator. Because I bring forth politically driven, controversial topics. And that's, that's, that's just, that's the power of a curator. You're the one that's taking all this story, all this information, and finding a way to make it digestible for the palate. Huh. And to deliver it. Huh. So curator goes around and basically you have to have, like I said, the pulse of the culture, but you, you take on, you find maybe different things around a certain theme and then you put it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And you put it there. And that means so you have to be able to be a good listener. You have to be able to have an eye for good art, I guess, and mm -hmm. be great at making relationships, uh, establishing a relationship with um, different organizations as well as people and artists and local talent, things like that. Yes, that is correct. It's about taking all this information and deciding what are you going to do with it? <laughs> what yeah. stories am I going to put out there? What artists am I going to work with? And I, and a lot of times I've gotten opportunities where I can work with well-established artists, but I prefer to work with a lot of newbies, a lot of just, you know, getting their feet wet, the emerging artists, the ones that are, that are really just starting out because they are, they they need more. They need guidance right now. They need help. They need assistance to figuring out how how can I build this plat? Like how can I build my audience? How can I build my exposure? How can I live a life that I love? And so I, I find it it's very challenging to work with someone that's brand new in the scene. But I prefer it actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you you to give us a hint there a little bit. You said you have other future aspirations. Aspirations to get into politics. What else do you see? <laughs> What else do you see in the future with, with art and with escape, escape artists and, and, and what you're doing? What is the future like for you? So mentioning about the political aspects that um, escape artists has touched upon. So from the inauguration of number 45, because I don't like calling him anything other than that. <laughs> <laughs> 
but during like from that topic, make America great again, which was the name of our exhibit exclamation mark question mark. <laughs> it was about us coming together. And then for um, police reform organizing project, it's a nonprofit that I d- I've done work with and that they, ha- they asked me to come on as a curator with them to discuss broken windows policing here in New York. And from down to working with the mayor's office, I realized that a lot of these, it's just so crazy sometimes laws of attraction because I didn't intentionally tell anybody else that I wanted to talk about politically controversial driven topics that affect our communities. But it just kind of happened that way because I wanted it. I've been wanting that. I want to merge the two worlds. And I noticed that the past couple of years, it's allowed me to do that and to really connect people that otherwise wouldn't talk to each other and, and, and having people, you know, really like expose themselves on what, what is bothering us? Like, all right, you know, if, if, you know, like, why do you hate Trump supporters or why Trump supporters are not like in this group of people? Or like, let's talk about things like that. Let's talk about like, you know, the, the issues that are going on around us. Right. So with having that drive behind me, I realized that I should not be scared to get into politics because I'm already involved. And as a child, I had some encounters with the law at the age of 17 that really steered me away from the law aspect. It steered me away from staying away from politics because it's like, you know what? I'm an uptown girl. My accent, you know, already tells you where I'm from. <laughs> yeah. My, my, you know, you, already, you, you see my style. You're like, oh, I'm always in kicks. I'm always dressed that sporty. You know, it, it, there's already certain stereotypes and stigmas. So I'm like, you know what? I'm never going to fit in. But then now when I see someone like Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez or Kamala Harris, or like when I'm starting to see these beautiful women out there of all colors and backgrounds, it's, it's, it's starting to inspire me. And so recently I decided to get involved with a nonprofit called Shisha Run. And there, I, I want to see where it goes. I have an idea time frame, and maybe within the next two years, I'll get involved in politics. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strong maybe, but um, I definitely want to go towards city council member. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm, you've got my support, <laughs> so I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking, looking forward to this. For those listening, where can they find Escape Artists? Where can they find out more information about that? Sure, they can check us out on Instagram. As it's, you can look up escape artists with an S at the end because we are plural. We're a plethora of artists. So Escape Artists Collective, our handle is ESC underscore artists. Or they can look on our on Twitter, on Facebook as Escape Artists Collective. And our website is www.escapeartistscollective.com. Okay, I'll definitely put that in the show notes. Make sure you check it out. If you have any interest in arts as well, art, storytelling, curating, or just using your art to make an impact, you should definitely check it out. You know, obviously Jasmine's had very, very interesting story, and she's mm-hmm. she's uh, she's got a lot more to tell. But I wanted to put that there um, so that you can at least um, get a chance to talk to her and have the conversation. But uh, that'll be in the show notes. I want to go back to something that I know that you love, and that is Wonder Woman. <laughs> I knew Wonder- it. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you said it, I was like, oh, he's going to talk about my girl. And you know what's funny? Talking about politics. And this ain't to yeah. curse. Can I curse on the show? You Is can right? do whatever you okay. want to do. <laughs> and this ain't to shit on yeah. Brie Larson. But uh, whoa, whoa, I got to Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what do you have against Brie Larson? What do you have against Brie Larson? So, whoa, whoa. There, you know, it's interesting because 
me being a producer and curator, right? Yeah. I, 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 you can't please everybody. Right. And, you know, and I get that. And everybody's entitled to their own perspectives and opinions. But the way Brie Larson has been marketing this film, Captain Marvel, because I actually was excited to see it. And I was excited after over a decade. It took 11 years for Marvel to finally give a woman her shine and her own solo film. I'm calling Marvel out because that really bothered me. It took them 11 years, over a decade, to finally give a woman shine. How many solo male characters did they have for years? Like, I'm like, why does it, even though Black Widow to me is not that interesting of a character in the universe right now, in the MCU. I was like, you know what? But at least give her, give somebody. (laughs) Sorry, I would love to see. Oh, because I love Sorry. Like, Sorry was actually a very strong, strong, supportive role. In Black Panther. So, anyways, uh, before I digress, <laughs> so because I could go on and on about this, I just don't like the way Brie Larson has been delivering her messaging. It's all about context. It's all about the content in the context, and oh, it's just man. she's like she's calling. All right, there's one thing to call people out. Like I said about the the art world being, you know, predominantly 87 percent white men. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm saying, you know, it's not. There's nothing wrong with men showcasing themselves and showcasing their art and getting presented with these opportunities. But there should be opportunities for, for, more, for more than that, for others, for women, for others of all cultures, you know, the, from all shades. And the thing is that it's not coming from a place of inclusivity when she speaks about it. She calls people out and she'll call out the male critics. And she's like, oh, but I want my audience to have X, Y, and Z. And it's just like, it, it just feels like she's been doing propaganda. But huh. when you see Wonder Woman, Okay. When you see Wonder Woman, <laughs> that film, it didn't have a political undertone, but it was definitely surrounded by political conversation. It it's it stirred it, it spawned it without having to be so direct about it. And it's like Captain Marvel, the marketing behind just from her. I'm not saying Disney. I'm not saying anybody else in the squad, but particularly with Brie Larson, she's been like a stereotype white woman like white feminist movement individual for me and it's just like, like she's been rubbing me off the wrong way because i'm like it's inclusive. just like she's trying hard i don't feel like she, you know, she doesn't come off as inclusive now when i when you've heard the interviews from gal gadot gal gadot i always say her name kind of funny gal gadot when you see her interviews and she talks about love and she talks about you know the, the, the wonder woman's for everybody it just make it makes everybody feel good makes everybody feel wanted it makes everybody feel part of that universe. And for me, with Captain Marvel, I, I feel rubbed the, the wrong way. And I'm not even a white male. And I'm all about opening up the platform. But it's just <laughs> like the way Brie Larson's delivering it, the context, I'm like, mm, I'm not a fan. But I, I, I don't know if that's what, you, that, I don't even know if that was the conversation. No, the no, it's a conversation. No, I mean, no, I, I, this I'm is interesting. Up. <laughs> no, I didn't even know you felt the struggle about that. So this is very interesting because you know, you and I love superheroes and we always, we always uh, go to see the movie. So, but yeah, no, that is interesting because now I didn't even know about that. So, you know, so I'll definitely look into that because I, I hadn't seen her marketing campaign. Um, it's and, not, it's, it's her interviews to be oh, real it's, specific. It's the way she's wording her interviews and she's like, it's very sassy with the way she talks about white men and she's trying to be like, Oh, well, I don't, I'm not excluding them, but it's very condescending. And it's just, there's something about it that rubs the wrong way. And when you see Gal Gadot with her interviews, it was just, it was just love and excitement. And that's what Wonder Woman always represented for me as a child. Like I never looked at her that 
even though she's this exotic Amazonian, it was just the, what she radiated out. It's not like what, what was drawing us to her, like her, like her inward. It was just like what she was putting out was amazing to me. I don't, it's hard for me sometimes to articulate it, but it's yeah. just, she was oh. all about, yeah, the, this like, you know, like love and, and, and not hating each other. And it was just, that's what I mean by inclusivity. It's like, you know, invite the people if you, hey, you know, if, if Disney wanted to, you know, instead of raising funds, this is another topic of conversation I'm going to go off on. But instead <laughs> of raising, instead of, you know, them having a, there's some type of nonprofit organization, I think, that, that Disney's working with to raise funds for um, certain children of color to go see the film. I'm like, you know what? First of all, if Disney got so much money, they should be paying for those tickets themselves. That's first off. And then second, if Disney really wanted to make an impact, they should be supporting these young, these young girls in some type of program, some type of, you know, like some type of educational outlet, not to go see a film and, and, and working with another organization to help raise these, the, the funds to, to buy these tickets, to buy, buy these seats. It's just, it's just weird. <laughs> well, no. It's just very so. weird for me. I'm like, this has been a really weird marketing you know, perspective for this, for Captain Marvel. I'm, I'm just, and it made to the point where I don't even want to go see it. I just want to wait till I see it digitally. Oh, come on. I don't on. even support it. Nope. Come on. I don't support it. Cause I'm like, this is not, this ain't cool. Like the uh -huh. film may be great. It may be great. I'm not, I'm just, a, I'm going by what has been rubbed off of me on the, like, I just don't. Brie Larson's character has not really enticed I just, me. I, I've, I've always liked Brie. I, I didn't realize. Okay, she's but, never right. been in anything big. Well, she was in the room. Oh no, so I'm a cinephile, so I watch a lot of films. So she's, you know, been in like the room and and like uh, a few other parts. I watch all these like indie movies. So <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy that's watching a mat matinee on two, uh, Tuesday or something. <laughs> but but okay, fair enough. We'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll start watching interviews. But the reason I wanted to close with this was because. You know, the audience knows me. I've been putting this podcast out since 2014, and I'm always talking about Superman. And I was like, I'm the African <laughs> Superman, my cousin, why it's important to me. And it sounds to me like you're saying Wonder Woman was someone that made you believe that you could do anything as a woman, regardless of mm -hmm. gender uh, and, and any of that. And uh, what she represented to you was, was something that you feel is, is a symbol for many women uh, today. And I guess that's where you're disdain for what's happening with uh, uh captain marvel comes from, like, <laughs> not inclusive you like yeah inclusive i'm like she could take some lessons she could take some lessons from gal gadot's interviews and <laughs> marie Lars could take some lessons with the character of wonder woman herself like and you know what in the end of the day you you, you don't want to be a superman you may he may inspire you but you still want to be your own right your own character you want right. to write your own story but you're yeah. still inspired by that person. And I'm like, I, I just hope that Captain Marvel is inspired because Wonder Woman is that first heroine. She's that first. My bad. <laughs> and she, <laughs> you, she's I, the I, one I, that's I, led the way. She's the one that's built the path. But she came from such a place of love. And there's been a lot of controversy with her character, as you, I'm sure you know, yeah, about yeah. her being the secretary for the Justice League. And when you think about all these different points of history that Wonder Woman's been around for the past, 75 years, I think it is. If I'm not mistaken, going to 76. I could be wrong. But the fact that she's been around this long and her character itself has evolved and fluctuated depending on the political climate we're living in. 
It's just, it's always represented some form of strength and making your own way. And, and still like she's fought, her character has fought through for women's rights, even within the Justice League themselves. And it's just, it's, it, it, to me, it's like, wow, if that's not inspiration, I don't know what is. <laughs> that is Jasmine for you, Castillo. She's always, um, Opinionated and never shy about opinion. So I, I love <laughs> but but I, I did the last the last question I have is my mission statement framed as a question. My mission statement is use your difference to make a difference. I always ask my guests how they use their differences to make a difference. So how do you use your difference to make a difference? Ooh. How do I use my difference to make a difference? I think that I've touched upon a few areas of my differences the, the fact that I'm like my background the way I was raised and where I was raised and the fact that I'm not um I'm not a your typical woman in the sense of I'm very uh I'm very I'm very a type but very gritty very tomboyish I've used my differences to show like you know and, and I like the fact that we're seeing more and more of that like there's just always been these images to me growing up on a, a woman, how she should pre be presented. And so I'm using those differences of what the way I've always been comfortable in my own skin, where I didn't like wearing the tight clothes and I never liked showing too much skin. I always like being my sneakers and being all sporty and still being sophisticated and being able to hold myself down, especially intellectually having a conversation. Yeah. But yeah. so I always looked at myself as book smart and street smart. So it's book like smart. those differences. Yeah, I'm book smart and street smart. Right. Like I knew at a young age, like, you know, to pay attention to the shadows when you're walking down the street in the middle of the night. Make sure you don't walk too close to the curb or too far in. Like there were certain little tricks I started learning young about how to move in the streets <laughs> and how to work under certain circumstances when things pop off. And it's just like those differences of me have made me sharp. I'm a sharpshooter. So right. whatever people throw at me, I'm like, I'm real quick. And that I, I want to use that to empower other people to find what makes you different, what makes your stories different. And, you know, and it, we, we should admire all this. There, there's so much beauty and diversity in the world. Like, let's admire it all. I don't want to see other people out there that look like me. I want to see you for who you are. Well, I love this. I love this. This is good. You're unapologetically yourself. <laughs> I, I if, if the last 10 minutes doesn't say, say that to the world, I, I don't know what else will, but... Uh, I, I, I appreciate that. What, uh, thank you for coming on the show and I'll make sure we continue to share your work. I mean, it's, it's very important to, to be able to tell the stories of the world and, you know, art has been one of the most effective mediums to do that, whether it's through activism, through history, or even sort of explaining current events and expressing identity. So thank you for the work you do. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on the show, even though I was nervous to be even talking about <laughs> about myself, you know, you know how to warm people up, you know uh, how to get people comfy. Well, <laughs> so I you. do appreciate you for being such a good host. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, till next time, use your difference to make a difference. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to reach out to Tayo and to use your difference to make a difference, head over to www.tayoroxon.com. Welcome. 
when your skin feels nourished and glows. You radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 